Next on BYUSN, a top 25 target. Will BYU football be ranked in the top 25 at any point during their inaugural Big 12 season? Plus a matchup of miracles in our best BYU football wins bracket. The 1980 Holiday Bowl versus the 2000 game at Utah. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, June 15th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who can't decide if he qualifies as old at this stage of his life or if he's still young. He is Jerem Jordan. I think I'm old now. Um, I'm, I'm not as old as, uh, you know, <laughs> some people, but I'm not as young. You're as not going to name names? I don't use <laughs> mid and cap and, uh, you know, some of the phrasing that uh, the youngins use. Uh, uh -huh. But Jaron Hall tweeted, he quote tweeted the uh, best win bracket matchup yesterday of 2001 versus 2021. Mm -hmm. Utah wins. Said truly an old head versus youngin debate. We've got ourselves here. Now, in Jaron's probably super biased opinion, he probably thinks it's a 2021 game. Because he was the quarterback. Yeah. He's the guy that ended the streak. Jaron Hall. I love Jeff Johnston, longtime follower of the show. He said, I'm an old guy, and I voted for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say Jeff's that old either. He's not um, that old. Yeah, but if you're old, you're young, who cares, man? Um, obviously, your perspective is different, but just so many good wins against Utah, which is fun. So continue to weigh in. We'll give you the results of yeah. that best win bracket. 01 versus 21 Utah wins coming up later in the program. Also, we play a little true false today, true or false, with the BYU football season top 25 ranking, mm -hmm. beating Texas or Oklahoma, having a thousand yard rusher and receiver. We'll, uh, we'll play that. Brian McDonald, running back from uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, talks to us about the 2000 game at Utah. That's part of the best win bracket matchup uh, that we'll talk about later today. He'll join the program. What did Jamal Williams compare Taysom Hill to yesterday with the Saints? <laughs> and Mark Robison hangs them up after 35 years of excellence uh, with the track and field coaching staff. He will join us in studio. With that lineup ahead, let's rise and shout. It's time for Watch Trend. <laughs> Cut by Keanu. Max Tooley. Touchdown to Cody Epps. Touchdown! Cut by Chase. 10-5 and touchdown. It's true or false. 2023 BYU football edition. Let's have some fun, shall we? Seven questions, quick opinions, perhaps a few hot takes, and some natural debate built into the pending responses. We begin with this loaded question, Jerem. True or false, BYU football will be ranked in the top 25 at some point in the upcoming season. Yes, blue goggles uh, attached. BYU will be 4-1 and, one and ranked. ranked in the top 25. I, I think BYU has a chance to start really strong. Um, obviously, two home games against Sam Houston and Southern Utah. BYU should be 2-0. Go to Arkansas and compete as best you can. K.J. Jefferson is back at quarterback. That was a tough game for BYU at home last year where BYU uh, lost a shootout uh, at home. BYU put up all the offensive numbers enough to win the defense uh, failed BYU in that one. At Kansas in the Big 12 opener. <sighs> the more I dig into Kansas, the more I believe the Jayhawks are actually pretty stinking good. Mm -hmm. On offense. On offense, they are the best returning offense in the Big 12. They are incredible, especially if Jalen Daniels is healthy. And then uh, Devin Neal's 1,000-yard rusher that's back. They have some receivers. They have, they have a good offensive line. 
Defensively, they stink. Like, they were terrible. Like, awful, right? Um, that's where BYU's got to win the game. They've got to win a shootout probably in Lawrence. And then Cincinnati at home, September 29th. I think there's no freaking way that BYU loses this game. That crowd's going to have the Riz. It's going to be tw- the what? The Riz. What does that even mean? It's just it's a young that, it's a young in term. Thing? It's a young in term. But you can't explain what it is. It's charisma, but charisma, it's shortened to the Riz. Okay. The Riz. Twenty-one Utah, twenty-two Baylor. It's twenty-three Cincinnati. That's the same type of game. The big home uh, opener in terms of the Big Twelve in this case. Ramped up chaos. I, I think BYU's could be. I think best case not five and zero. Oh, that's not happening. Four and one is the best case start for BYU and two and zero oh in the Big Twelve. And your one loss is on the road at an SEC team that's that's decent. I think BYU could be ranked after that. There are two. That's it, though. There's no other spot. There are two, in my opinion, likely junctures where BYU has the best chance to get ranked. The first is naturally after you start two and zero with convincing wins against Sam Houston State and Southern Utah. If BYU goes on the road and beats Arkansas and they're three and zero, you're into the rankings. Totally. You're just, into the I, top 25. I'm just not that confident that BYU is going to go to Sure, just saying, win. Yeah. Two, those, these are two of the most likely. Not saying they are likely, just two of the most likely if you're breaking down the season. That first one, that first turning point, I think, is if you get to 3-0, bang, right there. You're ranked sure. in the top 25. Sure. If they lose to Arkansas but do, as you proposed, win in Lawrence against Kansas in the Big 12 opener and then handle business in the Big 12 home opener against Cincinnati and you're 4-1, Yes, BYU's got a great shot to get into the top 25. After that, it is very, After very that, tough over. sledding. Yes, no, no, no. After that, BYU's going to lose some games and hover around 500-ish. I agree with you. I think at some point in the first five games that BYU will be ranked somewhere between 21 and 25. Yeah, they will deserve that if you can get to 3-0 or to 4-1. and Then it's like, all right, well, now let's see what you're really now made of. Let's see what you're really made of on the road against TCU. Then you come home against what's supposed to be an improved, solid Texas Tech team, and then you go on the road to Austin. Hey, you win two of those three, and you're six and two? Oh, then you're Now you're just a fixture in the top 25 at that point. Yeah, and you're going to a ballgame, and we're all happy, and now we're getting more. Okay, number two, true or false? BYU will have a 500 or better record on the road. Ooh, man. On the road. So six games. (sighs) Ah. Ten Power Five teams okay. factor into this. Arkansas, Kansas, TCU, Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. It's all P5s. Jeremy, I'm not buying this. I'm going to say false. I'm not either. I think false. BYU will not have a 500 or better record on the road. Three and three is a lot to ask of this team. With those opponents, I mean, you're, it's li- way listen, harder on listen the road Listen to than the home. teams you just listed. Yeah, Arkansas, Arkansas Kansas, TCU, Te- the national championship runner-up. In TCU, you play on the road there, and you got to play in Austin SEC, and West Virginia. Top 10 offense in uh, Kansas. Of course, Texas. West Virginia and Oklahoma State are the two easiest games. <laughs> and those are, those are long road trips, right? Especially at West Virginia. If BYU is 3-3. Three and three I'd take 3-3 three and three right those now. Those six road games. I would take it. Now they got a chance to win eight games, Jerem. Yeah. They oh, got yeah. a chance to win eight games. Yes, because at home, we'll discuss in the next one. BYU going to do work, man. They They're should. Win. The majority of BYU's wins come at home. They should. And that is most seasons. But, uh, yeah, let's just, so I, I'm with you. I think, I think false. BYU's probably, if I have to answer this, two, two and four. four. 
Three and three would be fantastic. I like three and three. I would like three and three would be fantastic. I don't see three four and two. I just don't see it. Quality road wins if you can pick them up. Yeah, that's Holy great. cow. That's great. Okay, number three, true or false, BYU football will win five or more home games. Yeah, out of six games. Blue, listen, I got the blue goggles. You got blue goggles today? Let's go. BYU will win at least five home games. I love it. Okay. Okay, you're going to win two. So can you win three of uh, the next four? Sam Houston, Southern Utah. Cincinnati, I think there's no yes, way BYU win, loses that game. Win. That's not a disrespect to the Bearcats. It's that BYU will defend its home crib in one of the most electric games in program Bearcats history. Bearcats lost a lot. So Texas Tech, Iowa State, Oklahoma, what's the one loss there? Probably Oklahoma. It might be Texas Tech in a shootout. Who knows? Maybe Iowa BYU State. BYU may rally. Crazy senior Who night. That, that, that electricity returns. Maybe OU stinks again. They weren't that good last year. Um, I see. I like the idea of BYU winning yes. five. Mm-hmm. Home games. Protective else turf. Six feels like a little too idealistic. Uh, five could happen. I don't, see, I don't see worse than four and two, by the way, at home. I do not see worse than four and two. Okay. So that's, I don't think three and three. That's why you happen. feel really good about BYU winning at least six games. Yeah, because I think, I think BYU starts four and one, Spence. So then they only need two wins. To see, get. and I've been saying seven wins for this team. So I have them projected five and one at home, two and four on the road. Add them together, you're seven and five. That'd be quite the um, two-faced season. <laughs> Dominant at home and then just... T- just but, find but a way to win a couple of tough road games. That schedule is tougher on the road. Yes, it is. And, and it doesn't compared include to home. at UCF, like, which is another tough road game that could have All right, let's keep it rolling. Floor. True or false, BYU beat either Texas or Oklahoma. I think BYU has to do this to finish 7-5, and five, Jim. Mm. I oh, think for they, seven? they yeah. have to beat at least one of these two teams yeah. to finish 7-5 and five this one season. One of these more likely than the other. Jerem, BYU, I know history does not factor into what is going to happen in either of the, the games this year. The spirit of 94, John Walsh, won't But the fact that BYU, BYU is 4-1 against Texas and 2-0 against Oklahoma, a combined 6-1, I cannot in good conscience say that BYU will not find a way just because they've had their way against Better Texas and Oklahoma teams than they're going to face this year. Found a way to win those games. They're going to win at least one of these. I say true. BYU beats at least one of either Texas or Oklahoma to get to that 7-5 and five mark. If this Texas team is what uh, people are saying they're going to be, are they BYU's ever? not going to win the game. <laughs> but rarely are they, especially <laughs> recently. Like, and the, the teams that beat Texas or Oklahoma typically were pretty good from BYU. You think about the 09 team that beat Oklahoma and the 94. That's a 10 and a, you know 10, 11 t- win type okay. teams from BYU. 13 and 14 BYU teams and then Texas, Texas. They were eight and BYU was eight and five both of those years. But I would argue that eight and five against those schedules was pretty good, uh, especially in 13. It's a young Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams that played seven Power yeah. Fives. Like yep. that eight and five was like a 9 or 10 win type regular season. Um, that was a tougher schedule. Then um, in, in 2014, that team obviously loses Taysom Hill and spirals to a four-game losing streak. So that was tougher. So I think BYU will win one of these games. They're going to find and a way to win one Oklahoma. of these games. Probably. I, I'm not as confident about at Texas. Um, I would love for BYU to win that. Trust me. That would be awesome. An incredibly emotional senior night setup. Yes. And, and hopefully BYU's already locked in a bowl game. But if they have to win for a bowl game, Ooh. maybe that musters sort of the effort needed yeah, to win the game. Throw that additional game. factor in there. Oof. Okay. On to number five, true or false, as we move to individual aspects here. Okay. BYU will feature a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver. 
False. Could have the rusher in Aiden Robbins, but I, I think there's too much depth at the receiver position to have a 1,000-yard receiver. So many able hands. Listen, there could be a guy, and I would love it. I lo- when do we have a 1,000-yard receiver and we're like, nope, we do not want that. We always want that. That'd be great. Um, is it Cody Epps? Is it Keanu Hill? Is it Chase Roberts? Is it somebody else? The, it's just a rare thing, by the way, to have both, which, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Roll it out. It's only happened four times, Spence. 2020, most recently, Tyler Algier, Dax Milne. Mm-hmm. 2008, how about Kali and Pitta getting 1,000 yards with Harvey? Three. The three players that had over 1,000 yards. 01, Luke Staley, Reno Mahe, and then in 92, Jamal Willis and Eric Drage. 01, 08, and 2020 also featured a 3,000-yard passer. Ryan Hancock was sub-3,000, but pretty good in 1992. So... It is rare, bro, to have yes. both. I think BYU gets a 1,000-yard rusher in Aiden Robbins, and they may not have a 1,000-yard rusher. A 1,000-yard rusher has not always meant that you had some monster season per se, or, or having both. Like, BYU's had plenty of great seasons without having mm-hmm. these two things. So I say false. I agree with you. I think it's too, too much to ask of this team with too many able bodies and able hands in the receiving core. And yeah. we think that the tight ends are going to be more involved. They yeah. take catches from wide receivers. That's going to take yardage down. This is not a problem. It's not a problem if BYU has a bunch of guys that are putting up between four and 600 yards. It's not a problem. And, and anciently, uh, BYU did not need a 1,000-yard rusher to win a national championship or a Heisman. Uh, you know what I mean? In terms of those sort of individual productions, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, last but not least, true or false? BYU will have a top 50 defense this year. Man. I and say, how are we defining top 50 in, top, in what? Top 50 total defense? I, I go Yards, based points, on the EPA, just the SP+. SP plus. I go on SP+, plus. Okay. Bill Connolly's overall metric. I okay. think that's a very fair metric. Yeah. So in that regard sure. – I do not think BYU will have a top 50 defense. And this is not to say that the defense won't be much improved. I think there's a ton of room to improve because when you're 109th in total defense, (laughs) you have some room to move up. Yeah, BYU was was, death stinketh last year. But, hey, look at these highlights. BYU is going to be top 25 based on these highlights. Let's go. I don't think BYU is going to be a top 50 defense. I think it's too much to ask of them with the revamp of the staff, the total change of the scheme, but, but I guess most significantly, the fact that BYU is going to play 10 Power it's 5 that, teams. It's that 10 for me. Power 5 teams. If BYU were, were playing a schedule like they faced last year and then had these changes in scheme and Jay yeah, top 50. Sure, top 50 defense. Yeah. I think it's too much to ask. I do expect them to be in the top half of college football. Yeah. Top 65, somewhere between 50 and 65. Sure. Well, listen, we're doing everybody over there a favor. If we were like, no, top 30. BYU needs to win nine. Settle games. down, Brian Logan. We're helping you out. We're yeah. <laughs> We're helping everybody out over there by creating realistic goals, and then if they're superseded, right, exceeded, amazing. That's great. What what are we? What should we say? Something way too high for everybody, like we did last <laughs> summer, and then we're all bombed with eight wins. No. Yeah, false. Um, I, I'm with you. Just if BYU's like 55, mm-hmm. 63, mm-hmm. great, because we expect the offense to be yes. top 40. Okay, quick answer. I'm going to sneak the seventh in here. Oh, okay? my gosh. The Big 12 will have more than 12 teams involved in the conference by the end of the 2023 no, season. No, I think no. I agree with you. It's yeah. too fast. Yeah. I think maybe next summer. We'll see. We'll see some movement. Okay. We'll see. Told you. Seven loaded true or false questions. Really shout fun, shout really out to the fun tight discussion. ends, by the way, at BYU.
<laughs> Indeed. No, you know. Indeed. Welcome. Something about Southern California and BYU tight ends. Wow. You Love know? Southern California. Amazing. Last night I was like, I need to go this Our time. question of the day. Will BYU football be ranked at any point this season in the top 25? If so, when do you think they'll get in? Troy Beagley on Twitter says, yes, after week three, after BYU beats Arkansas. That would be awesome. Then the Cougars will be ranked. And yes, I'm drinking blue Kool-Aid too. Go Cougars. Andrew Garrett on Twitter adds, if BYU wins at Arkansas to start the season 3-0, they'll crack the top 25. Also, if the Cougars finish the regular season 8-4, and then when a bowl game to finish 9-4, and four, they can hop back in the final AP poll. There's a chance as a, as a Power 5 team now. 9-4 and four, as a as Power 5? independent, five? couldn't really do it. 9-4 is tough as a non-Power 5 to be top 25. Yes. Everybody's hog hunting, bro. I know. Would you rather, rather win at Arkansas or at Texas? Oh, man. <laughs> Save it. Save it. That's ah, a trending topic. Another I day. don't know. Coming up on July 1st, I don't know if you heard, BYU's going to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. We got the big party, we're calling it. Two-hour edition of BYUSN Game Day. Come hang out with us. It's going to be awesome. July 1st, 5 to 7 Eastern time on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the BYU TV app. Up next, a miraculous showdown in our BYU football best wins bracket. Yeah. And the guy who scored a touchdown in one of those improbable victories, Brian McDonald, joins us live. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Now, with your help, we are on the road to determining the best win in BYU football history. Miami 90. We have chosen and seeded what we believe are the top 16 victories all time. Each day, we present a matchup of the day featuring two of those 16 iconic wins and then let you choose who moves on in the bracket by voting on BYU Sports Nation's Twitter account. It's that simple. No upsets thus far, by the way. The higher seeds have all advanced. Oh, boy. But will that change oh with the results today? Okay, yesterday's matchup was the 6th seed, 2021 Utah, the streak buster, and 11th seed, 2001 Utah. Moving on to the second round with 70% of the vote is 21 Utah. Okay, the 6th seed survives and advances. 21 Utah. It so is chalk it is- thus far. <coughs> Rock Talk Jayhawk in here. Jeez. All right. Now for today's matchup and our final matchup of the first round to see if, indeed, all of the higher seeds will advance. We go to the miracle matchup. And uh, for the last time, Lavelle Edwards strolling the Cougar sideline. feels right there. <laughs> There's so much two, emotion involved in those games. Two great games. I don't know how the Miracle Bowl doesn't get all the way to the title game. You know what I mean? It might. I love the 2000 win over Utah. A three seed that could absolutely win this bracket. Yep. 1980, SMU. We've said it on the program before. To quote Lavelle Edwards, he said he felt more pressure going into this game than he did the national championship game because BYU had not won a bowl game. The Cougars were 11-1, ranked 14th. SMU was number 19 and 8-3. And they had the Pony Express running all over BYU, up 20 with four minutes to go. But Jim McMahon 
and the Cougars responded. Touchdown, then Bill Shefflin blocks SMU's punt to get one last shot. Hail Mary, 53 yards in the air. Where is Clay Brown? There he is! Where's Cosmo? There the miracle is. complete! BYU and Kurt Gunther after he kicked the extra point. Talked to Kurt at the alumni game, by the way. Yeah. Awesome dude. Yeah, yeah. Wins 46-45. BYU's first bowl win in program history. What a way Catholic to do to it. A Methodist to a Mormon. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. 14 seed, 2000 Utah. Oh, man. Lavelle's last game. Both teams weren't going to a bowl game. This was it. You had a big lead, but blew a 16-point lead. Late. You always got to come back. What down? It's fourth and 13. Jonathan Pittman back to back. Oh my gosh, BYU's inside the red zone suddenly. Look at that catch. Oh, Jonathan Pittman, so good. It was so cold. I was in the stands in this one. Brandon Doman to his right. Touchdown! Touchdown! BYU wins the game, yep. avoids being under 500, 27th straight season. The Cougars win 34 27. The Dominator was born the week before. And that day, and Lavelle Edwards rides off into the sunset mm. with his final win over Utah. Amazing finish. Storybook stuff. I said it yesterday. I said a prayer to please let Lavelle win that last game. Like, I know it probably didn't matter, but I felt that strongly about Lavelle, like finishing his season that way. Incredible stuff. Joining us now, a man who played in that game, Lavelle's last miracle. BYU running back Brian McDonald from the 2000 and 2001 seasons is live over Zoom. Brian, welcome to BYU oh, Sports Nation. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, you guys having me on. And your prayer did. Your prayer, I think, <laughs> put us over the top. There have been a lot of BYU <laughs> prayers answered in that stadium, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Brian, as you watch that game and, and relive those highlights, what type of emotions do you feel? Uh, it just brings back just fond memories, just joy, happiness. I mean, we were counted out at that point. You know, fourth and 18, Brandon drops back, was able to connect with Jonathan Pittman, who made a spectacular play. I mean, Jonathan Margin, Mike Regal, I mean, those are some dogs. And Jonathan made a spectacular catch. And then, you know, the, the other highlights that you showed with him with the toe, toe swag, just right there, tipping the sidelines. I mean... It was, it was, we were destined to win because of your prayer. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't Dolman uh, actually running or Pittman catching. It was Spencer's yes. prayer. I like that. Yes. Um, okay. In that game, you guys are up 16. Are you, did you feel like, oh, this thing's over at that point? And then how did you sort of handle the adversity of, okay, now we have to have a dramatic game winning drive here? Yeah, we, we did get a little overconfident when we were up 16. Um, and then we got smacked in the face and, and that team had a never quit attitude. And so um, as long as there was time on the clock, we knew we were still in the game and, and we had confidence in, in one another that we were going to pull it out. So there really wasn't any doubt in our mind that we were going to win that game. Really? I, I want to go inside that a little bit because take us into your mindset when it's fourth and 13 with under a minute to play, you got more than 80 yards to go to score a touchdown to, to essentially, or to score to take the lead. And there's your third-string quarterback, Brandon Doman. Like, how are you feeling in that moment? I mean, we had all the confidence in Brandon. Like, we saw what Brandon can do week in and week out at practice. Brandon is probably one of the most competitive individuals that that I have ever come across. I mean, if you're playing a game of checkers, he wants to he wants to kill you. <laughs> um, and so, 
I knew I knew him in the game. Like we had we had a chance um, with our own line, Jason Sukanik providing just great protection for him. All he needed was a little daylight, and and you see what happens. You had a touchdown in this game, three carries, but one of them is the score. What do you remember from that play? Uh, I was yeah lucky enough to kind of start off uh, started off on a good note with that touchdown. I mean, when you have Kalani blocking for you, when you have you know, Dustin Riker, Jason Sikanik, Ben Archibald, um, and the big hogs all on the line. I mean, anybody can run behind them and look good. You see Brandon Doman score, and BYU goes back up. You're going to win the game. What was the locker room and sideline like after the game as you celebrated with Lavelle and all of your teammates? Uh, it was, I mean, it was magical. Like, we wanted to send Lavelle out on a good note. Like, he's He's a, he was a phenomenal coach, but even more um, just a father figure and just a great man. And so we really wanted to, to send him out on, on a high note. And with the 6-6 six and six record, not having a losing record was really important to us. And so it meant the world to us to be able to, to send him out on a good note, especially after, you know, the, the week before having, having the stadium named after him. Um, you know, our mindset was to continue that, continue that, you know, that game set and, and send Lavelle out on a good note. The next year, 2001, and it's the game that we just talked about, just got edged out by uh, 2021 Utah. That was a special game, too. That's to keep an undefeated season alive. You're down 11 with six minutes left. You're trying to win the league. And for some reason, Utah can't cover a boundary option. Um, what do you remember from that game? And some people say that's the loudest that stadium may have ever been when Luke scores. I mean, when you have number six, Luke Staley, who is by far the the best running back that BYU has has ever had, in, in my humble opinion, um, you know, you're always in the game with number six in the backfield. He was just a phenomenal athlete, uh, an even greater person off the field, um, and his work ethic and dedication, he was not going to get beat. Brian McDonald is with us on BYU Sports Nation. As you look back on your time under Coach Edwards, what are some of your favorite stories or maybe the best thing about playing for Coach Edwards? Uh, for me personally, it wasn't even anything on the field. I mean, we all know what of a great coach um, that he was in regards to the innovation that he brought to college football. Um, but for me, it was, I'm a convert to the church, so I joined the church in March 9th of 2003 and then in um in 04, decided to serve a mission. And so every week um, I would get a letter from Coach Edwards. Um, he would give me words of encouragement. Um, you know, he would tell me about what the things that he was going on. Um, but just to have that as a convert to the church who's, who at that time family wasn't supportive of, of me serving the mission, but to have my college coach to, to be there for me emotionally and, um, and write me letters every week really meant, uh, many, really meant the world to me. I mean, kind of um, showed me why I, I decided to choose BYU over, over some of the other schools that were pursuing me out of uh, Cerritos College. I don't know if I've heard of someone who comes to BYU, gets baptized, heard of that, but then, then goes on a mission after you played. Where did you go on your mission? I didn't know this. Yeah, so I served in the D.C. South mission, um, so it covered Northern Virginia, so I served there 04 to 06. And it was, yeah, truly the, the best thing um, you know, that I ever could have done at that time, um, set me up for, you know, lifelong success and being able to, you know, to be the individual I am today for my, 
for my wife and my two beautiful children. Mm, amazing stuff with Brian McDonald on BYU Sports Nation. I know that you feel deeply for all of those teammates that competed with you on the field for Coach Edwards, including the current head coach, Kalani Satake. Brian, what's your relationship like with Kalani being two members of the backfield in those years at BYU? Oh, uh, you know, Kalani and myself just have a, a brotherhood and a connection that will last throughout um, throughout all time. Um, he's a special individual, and he's the right right man to to lead BYU into this into this new future of the Big 12, and and hopefully for for years to come. He's assembled a a great um, coaching staff, you know, with Coach Guilford, with Coach Anna, with now Coach Hill, um, and Coach Popinga, and the other. Um, individuals that he brought on, um, you know, Kalani's commitment to excellent and to winning and to creating that brotherhood, um, you know, reminds me a lot of Coach Edwards. Um, and so it's, I'm, I'm happy to, to see him have the success that, that he's had thus far and look forward to, you know, more success as years go on. Any good Kalani stories from when uh, you were playing with him his senior year, your junior year? Uh, just one time in the summer, it was actually him, Justin, Anna, and a bunch of us were playing basketball. Like I accidentally fouled Kalani. I didn't think it was a foul. And like, he almost killed me. That day. <laughs> the, the look um, in his eye was very familiar to, um, I can't remember the year, but when they were playing up at the university of Utah, we got a couple of targeting calls. Uh-huh. And, 2016. And he, 2016. And he gave that referee a look. And, <laughs> I was, sitting, I was sitting at home, and I turned to my wife. And I was like, I know what that looks like. <laughs> I experienced it myself in that pickup basketball game. Oh, man. Well, we're glad that he held back. Uh, angry Kalani is a then, very real thing. I loved his sarcastic after the interception. He go, oh, yeah. The clap, the clap. Just super yes. sarcastic. Yeah, oh, so great fun. stuff. Brian, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, we appreciate the insight. Incredible story about uh, your conversion, your mission, That's playing awesome. for Coach Edwards. Uh, you, sir, are a class act, and uh, let's get you back on the show again soon. Sounds good. Appreciate the great job you guys are doing. Keep it up. You got it. Brian, Thanks, Brian. McDonald, BYU football running back 2000 I, and 2000. I really liked watching uh, Brian play. He, he brought a certain swag, swag there. Swagger is the word. He's the, mo he's the swaggiest BYU running back with a nasal strip ever. Okay, that that look was different and unique and fun. And the nasal would, strip was cool. Marshall Ford did cool. that occasionally. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, even San Diego State guys did it. You know, but it was it was he and Luke for, formed this really fun combination yeah. in 2000 and 2001. It was awesome. That backfield was unbelievable in 2001. One-two punch, man. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Okay, join us uh, tomorrow as we have a 1981 men's hoops reviewables as we look back at the greatest team in BYU men's basketball history. Tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Still on the way with the flash on the mind. Who's the fastest player ever in BYU athletics history? Mm. We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. Okay, then. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. Cole Gamble, the baseball team, named to the WCC All-Academic Team. Gamble graduated in April with a 3.93 GPA. Pretty good. 
in finance from the prestigious Marriott School of Business. A 393? What happened? From the Marriott School of Business? What, ha what happened is my question. Also, Two A minuses? Question mark? He's an incredible baseball player. Not bad. Good grief. He's good uh, in both. More high-level baseball featuring Daniel Schneeman doing his thing in AAA professional baseball for the Cleveland Guardians farm system, the Columbus Clippers to be exact. He had one hit, one run scored, and five at-bats for the Clippers and a 6-1 to loss to the Omaha Storm Chasers. He's batting over 300 for the season, showing that power. He's doing great things. And Alexa Gray had nine kills and two aces for Canada, a sweep of Bulgaria. Azgavoria Bulgarski Monogodobre. Yep. That means I speak Bulgarian fluently, which I do not. Uh, in Volleyball Nations League yesterday in Hong Kong, Canada currently eighth in the standings. They play Turkey tonight. We got to get you a second phrase in Bulgarian. <laughs> no. No, that's just all I want. Second phrase. No, that's all I want. <laughs> you only want one. I just want the one. Just want to keep I'm, going to that well. I am, one. <laughs> I am happy with it. Those are today's headlines. Now we opinionate in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The movie The Flash comes out today. So who is the fastest BYU football player of all time? The Barry Allen. Oh, man. Dudes. You know, I thought it was going to be Devon Blackman when he was recruited to BYU out of yeah. Oregon initially. Yeah. I thought he's got a chance to be the fastest. Okay. I don't know. It might be the high school sprint champion from Orem High School. Tyler Anderson, maybe, maybe, maybe in the early 90s. Rod Wilkerson, speaking of Orem as well. Super fast. Todd Watkins, Ronnie Ooh, Jenkins. Todd Watkins, Todod Watkins has a shot. Yeah. Um, I forgot Caleb about Todd Watkins. Caleb Hayes ran a 4-3-1. He's in the convo. Chris Wilcox is in the convo. By the way, Jack DeMooney told me this morning, I asked him, he said, in 1993, Yuri played UCLA. We were on the 10-yard line, if I'm not mistaken, ready to score. John Walsh throws the pick. Tyler falls in the end zone. Chases the guy down to the opposing five. Amazing. The original DK Metcalf yes. Arizona Cardinals play. I forgot about Todd Watkins. I think he might be the dude. And he could catch too. That helped. He was a massive weapon for John Beck. Oh my gosh. In 2005, whoo! It got that BYU team rolling again with the deep ball. All right, sticking with the Flash, who apparently has the ability to go back and change events in history. Go back in time. Okay. That's part you of the go game. back in time and change one thing in BYU football history, what would you change? Eliminate the hippies have beard thing in the undercoat in the 60s. That's my first thought. I don't know, man, because I was thinking, like, what would I change with this or that? Maybe Steve Young doesn't go to the USFL. He goes to the NFL. Like, what does his mm -hmm. career look like? Does he have even more prominence? Okay. I don't know, man. I'm pretty content with most things. Obviously, I would love to change a couple results. Yeah, like, obviously, yeah. Taysom Hill healthy would be one of those that comes to mind. But I'm pretty content with the way things have gone. I think there's a certain amount of adversity that BYU had to face to get to this point and to do what it did. I'm specifically going to shout out one of my BYU heroes. And in fact, he was on the show this week, Ty Detmer. Brian Logan. Oh. Okay. If I could go back and change one thing in Ty's career, it would be the result of his final collegiate football game against Iowa. It was a tie. Oh, that one. BYU I was going to say end of 92. BYU was driving for the win. He threw an interception in his last collegiate pass. I take that interception away. I give Ty another shot. BYU beats Iowa, who is ranked number seven, by the way, and the Cougars win the Holiday Bowl, sending Ty off into even more of a glorious sunset, if you will. I, I think I would change that today. I would change the end of 90, the day he wins Heisman, win that game, and then win oh, the bowl game. Win, and then beat, that, beat that team finishes top 10, and we talk about it as an all-time team. Okay. We don't know. Okay. Netflix uh, is producing a documentary called Quarterback on July 12th. It's going to follow Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousin, Marcus Mariota during last season. If you could pick three BYU QBs in BYU history to follow them around for a documentary, who are you choose? Oh, man. 
I'm gonna follow Max Hall. I think his story is incredible, right? At Every, yeah, at BYU, and then if we had like a sequel event, or like just to follow his whole story arc of his life, yeah. I think Max Hall, fascinating. The comeback's been amazing. Ty Detmer's Heisman Trophy campaign, that, yes. that needs to be documented. Like if we were in our current day and age and Ty was doing what he did at BYU. Love it. Like, he was the original Jimmer. Yes, yeah. yes, 100%. Uh, third quarterback, man, Taysom Hill. Um, I, I, while it wasn't like this glorious scenario in terms of like wins and all the, but the injuries and everything he overcame yes. to get through that, I think that'd be really, really interesting. I would have loved seeing Jim McMahon, but he probably would have been kicked out of school <laughs> if there were cameras in Ogden partying with Jim, but that would have been fun. Yeah, give me Max Tide days. If Jim would be very, very entertaining. He would be must-see television. Steve Young would have been all awesome. the time. Law school yes, during sure. the summers with the Niners of BYU. So I have one more uh, addition I want to add to the go back in history and change it. Yeah. Uh, the kick against Indiana in 1979. Oh, good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. BYU is undefeated. undefeated. First undefeated season. Probably finished like yes. fifth or sixth. 1979, BYU goes undefeated. It's a kick a field goal and beat Indiana. Why am I frustrated by that right now? I, like, it, so hurts. it hurts. It yeah. hurts. BYU football's coaching staff is back at it. Jerem posting eyeball emojis on Twitter. It's recruiting season. And it would appear another big-time recruit is headed to Provo. Is the eyeball emoji more exciting than an actual touchdown? It is, because you don't know what it's exactly about in the moment. <laughs> like, the idea of that is like, oh, what could this mean? The, the tease element is fun. It became clear this morning it was a specific player committing to BYU, which is very exciting. Um, yeah. Four-star. So I would say yes. I would say yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of having to wonder. Hmm, what, what is, is this? What and then I start this? texting people, what is this referring what to? What is yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think that's really fun. Yeah, the touchdown is just reality. It happened. And you get a You're lot excited. of You're excited. You get a lot of yeah. Eyeball emoji just, like the doubt, the, the tease is fun. Yes, the idea of a thing more exciting than the thing. Okay. New Orleans Saints quarterback Derek Carr called Taysom Hill bigger than this stage and faster than my truck. Jamal Williams, also with the Saints, called Taysom. He's a, a big power back. You give him that open lane, he starts moving like a big buff gazelle. Is he more truck or gazelle? I think Jamal is on point here. That like a big buff gazelle. Oh, AI has delivered <laughs> some images. Transformers, Taysom Hill. Of Taysom Hill Jeremy, as if he was a gazelle or a truck. What are your emotions like as you look at Transformer edition of Taysom Hill? That's pretty cool. Like that head for Taysom's <laughs> way better than the gazelle one. <laughs> Yes, the AI, cool. the AI truck is better, but I think the description of him as a big buff gazelle is perfect. Chat GPT delivering. <laughs> if we even thought Wikipedia was bad for academics, just wait for Chat GPT. Oh my goodness. We went to school at the wrong time in history, by the way. Apparently. But, um, yeah, I, I go, I'm going truck. I like that, that was cool, yeah. Transformer Taysom? Come on. Oh, let's go, man. That's pretty sweet. Better than Pete Davidson's Mirage. Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> well, that was funny, but not as For cool. Sure. A loaded show rolls on after the break. Longtime BYU track and field associate head coach Mark Robinson joins us next yeah. to look back on an absolutely stellar coaching career. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B, and we welcome you all back with today's Rise and Shout Out, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We give it to Mark Robison, longtime associate head coach, BYU track and field, more than three decades. He's with us in Studio B. Congratulations on a remarkable career, Coach. Thank you very much. It's been quite a journey. Yeah, well Are you sure you want to hang it up? Rise you don't have shout. to leave, right? You don't have to actually retire? Uh, I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for BYU to kick in on that pension and retirement, huh? Uh, I'm hoping so. Let's go. Yeah, on the old pensions, a lot better than the <laughs> <new> one. <laughs> you benefit from that. Yeah, yes, I you do. benefit yeah, from that. Like that. And well, well deserved. How would you summarize 35 years of coaching at BYU? I mean, what a career. And you've, you've seen some of the greatest that have ever walked through? Uh, for me, it's relationships. Um, to be able to spend that much time with some of the most remarkable athletes, um, and then just being grateful for the association with different coaches, um, staff people from trainers and strength and conditioning, our facility people, our ground. I mean, it's all in relationships and then individual memories of basically overcoming great obstacles and being able to move forward. It's it's. Mm pretty incredible. What Very. are some of those uh, memories that stick out? Well, our sport is so different than all of the team sports. We've still had some amazing things as it, when we were in the, the WAC and in the Mountain West Conference, we had unbelievable teams. Um, and so some of those were just so much fun when the team got together. In fact, I think it was 2001, um, we were going into the last event, the 4x4, four four, scores tied us in Colorado State. And so whoever won that, and it was just neck and neck. And oh, the man. The two teams are just, and we were going and we were running all over. It was indoors and we were all, and, and our anchor pulled away from the Colorado State guy. <laughs> we could see the Colorado State coach throw his notebook and that was a pretty amazing thing. There's been, we've been third a couple times in the NCAA indoor and outdoor, but the greatest moments are just the individual mm. ones. Half the time it's in my office when they're overcoming just great obstacles in their lives and trying to get through injuries and trying to do these, just these little individual things. It's not the national champions. It's not the ones qualifying for the Olympics and those kinds of things. Even though those are amazing, it's just seeing individual victories in their lives and being able to be prepared to move on and to actually make a difference in the world and as a husband and father and or uh, mother and wife and community, I mean, religion, it's, those are the, the joys that I'm gonna take with me. Mark Robison, longtime BYU track and field coach is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You have coached thousands of athletes and within those thousands there have been six national champions, 40 All-Americans. You've been a part of 20 conference championships. Is there a season that sticks out as you look back specifically on, on everything? It's tough to pick because you've, you've been there for 35 years, but is, is there a season that was just unforgettable for you? Um, I, I don't know if there's just one. Um, sometimes in, in athletics, we we look at years where, you know, the, the team placed incredibly high 
at nationals and or um, obviously win the conference championship. Um, I would think some of them are when we didn't have the best talent, but we made the most growth. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I remember one time um, when I was the, the head coach for the men, we had had the worst first day of competition that I could ever remember. And I was probably 20, 25 years after I'd started. And my dad was the coach forever. And I remember calling him and just saying, Dad, I don't know. <laughs> we could not have had a, a worse day. We look pathetic. We are just, I don't know what to do. And so we talked for a few minutes. My dad is amazing. And had a team meeting and said, look, well, I basically told him, we, you couldn't have done a, a poor job the first day. The worst I have ever seen. And we then strategized and did some things. And the kids, you talk about two different days, and we won the conference by like five points. And it wow. Was, and I was like, there's no way this is even possible. And that was one of the most rewarding and it wasn't because we had the best team, <laughs> but they performed, uh, well, they exceeded expectations and they exceeded what they had done mm. all year, and especially the day before. So it was fun. That comeback is incredible. We do need to ask you the question we were discussing a minute ago, the fastest you know, player. We were thinking kind of BYU football, but what, what have you seen in terms of speed at BYU? Well, there's football speed and there's track speed. Um, I remember even when Herschel Walker ran at Georgia and they ran, we had the NCAA championships here, blew everybody away for the first 60 meters and then got smoked in, in the last 60, but he could play football. Um, the two people that are the fastest that have ever been at BYU are Frank Fredericks and, and uh, Leonard Miles Mills. Both of them were NCAA champions. Frank, silver medalist, uh, multiple times in the 100 and the 200, and then Leonard uh, was ninth in the world, I think his senior year. Um, but the the scouts, the pro scouts were on campus one day indoors. NFL scouts? The NFL scouts. There were four or five of them. Okay. Brian Mitchell, who was quarterback or the uh, back. Defensive corners, backs coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Corner coach. He, he was just joking with the scouts and the pro scouts and just said, hey, you want to time some really fast guys? And they said, sure. And Frank and, and Leonard were just starting a workout. So they were in spikes, they were warmed up, and it was on the indoor track in the, in the field house, and they just said, uh, will you guys run a 40? And they said, sure. And so they just all stood down there. It's very different because you, they get to start to watch when you move, not like track and field, when you get to move when the gun goes off. And uh, Frank ran first, and I think he ran 396. <laughs> and, and then Leonard ran 397. Oh my. And the, the scouts said, okay, would you guys do it again? And they go, did we do something wrong? They go, no, we've never seen anybody break four. And so then they w both went back and Frank ran a hundredth of a second faster and so did Leonard. Oh my gosh. And they are like, you know what? We will offer you a contract right now. But neither one of them wanted to play football. No, no. <laughs> Frank Fredericks wanted to win a silver medal in the yeah, Olympics. Like four times. Um, he was multiple times. Yeah. yeah. He was, for 10 years, he was ranked top three in the world. Incredible. So. Yeah. Um, sprinters don't do that, especially clean ones. Fantastic. Especially clean ones. Hey, speaking, Patrick Mitchell was pretty fast, too, for BYU football. A great hurdler. Yeah. Lightning yeah, did fast. both, right? Jamal he Williams did. did both. People forget. Yeah, Jamal yeah. did. Um, the one 
there, there's been several. Um, Taysom could have done it. Did you ever recruit yeah, Taysom? Reverse no, Ziggy? We're like, he, we gave you Ziggy. Can you give us Taysom? Well, yeah, and Ziggy, we were going to have him do it to deck, but he was like, I can't pull vault. And I said, well, we can get a big enough pole, and you can be the Ghanaian national record holder in the pole vault. <laughs> He didn't. So. <laughs> no, he, was, he was huge. Nobody yeah. would want to be in the lanes next to him. Yeah. Broad shoulders. Especially indoors. Sure. He knocked a couple kids over and they're like, <laughs> it's I'm not going to work. I am never starting next to Ziggy ever again. That's amazing. He, my first interactions with him were just playing pickup basketball in the Richards building. Oh, man. And so it's like, oh, he's doing some track. He's now he's on the football team. Now he's the fifth pick. It's like, what in the world happened? That's one of the best stories of all time. That's your best. Uh, assist to football ever? Uh, yeah, they they uh, especially with Leonard Miles Mills. They used to say, uh, "We will send you to Ghana if you will go and try to recruit kids wow. to see wow. if you can find, find some ziggies." Because Leonard goes there every summer. He works gotcha. still with their federation and stuff, and does a lot of humanitarian things. And so, but awesome. he never did do that. Coach, uh, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on everything. Uh, we're glad you brought up your we're father. Clarence, you, named, yeah. the track's named after him. You talked about it, one of the stories you had with him. He's remarkable. You're remarkable. An amazing career for you at BYU. Congratulations. Thanks for the time. Thank you. You got it's it. Been a fun time. Absolutely. Up next, we'll revisit our question of the day and get to our elite voice. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Will BYU football be ranked in the top 25 at any point this season? Our elite response for today presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. From Cody Carlock on Instagram, who says, after BYU beats Arkansas. Love it. Our thanks to today's guests. Sorry, Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Brett Kiesel. We'll see you tomorrow for a BYU Sports Nation special.